And now we're starting on year two. Year two. I want to welcome everyone to True House Stories. And today we bring you a very important 53rd show. Person I close, a friend, dear friend, a proper lady in every way. A show showman or showgirl, I say with class, has turned stages out. I've experienced it with her. I worked with her. She is the class act. You all remember Allison Limerick, Where Love Lives? You remember? Well, there she is, and still going stronger and better than ever. God bless <laughs> Allison Limerick. Hello, my dear. Good How are you? Hi, hi. She I is in quarantine, she said to me off camera. Quarantining. I am quarantining. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I have to stay home for 10 days. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that before we get into the first questions. Everybody knows that I'm going to ask, of course, because there's everybody time to, to mosey on in. Because you're like a nightclub to mosey on in. So how, how the hell has COVID been with you? How have you dealt with COVID? Oh, um... Uh, when, when COVID first locked the world down, I thought, as we all did, can't be that bad, can it get? And so I, I thought, I have to be home. I'm going to do that thing that everybody did, every, well, maybe every woman did. I'm going to clean the house. So I I did, I, I became my mother. I, I emptied. Your mother's child, right? I am my mother's child. I, emptied, I, took, I cleared out my, my loft space. I cleaned my loft space. I took everything out. My loft space is now labeled, and I know everything that's in there. It's not just a dumping ground. I labeled everything. And then I started at the top of the house, and I went down, enthusiastic, working, working. How long did it take you to do all this, this cleaning? And, and um, The full thing probably took, I don't know, but maybe, maybe a month in all. Okay. But really, mate, every book, I've got a lot of books. I've got a lot of records. Every shelf got emptied. Every book got dusted. Every every cupboard got... I found clothes I did not know I had. <laughs> I emptied under beds and in the, in the shed in the garden. I did everything. Scrubbed windows. And then I was finished. And the lockdown was still happening. And I was like, oh. Well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so uh, then after that, I, I, you give yourself projects. I'm, I've been writing a book for a long time. Um, I've been writing a children's book since my nephews were born. And I thought I'm going to do it. So I had the, the book project that I threw myself into. I had two singing projects that I, that I was working on. I threw myself into that. And you just... You fill your days because I could stay home. I was I was lucky enough that I could stay home uh, without kind of going crazy. I've got space. I've got a garden. Um, I did a lot of Zoom calls. I bet. I, I had regular me Zoom meetings with family, with friends, with friends in America, with friends in Australia. We I zoomed like a professional. <laughs> um, they could have made the commercial with you, right? You the Zoom, you the Zoom master. They should come to me, um, Allison or Zoomer. Yeah, but then you you just run out of steam because what you what I wanted to do, right, was work with people. 
I mean, yes, you can, someone can fire you a track and you can fire them back a vocal or you can kind of zoom together and, and talk through a project, but it's not the same as being in the room with someone. Um, and I was in, we, I had, we'd I'd just done the first gig, just before lockdown, I'd done the first gig for my live project. So it's brand new project. I've got a, a, I have, I have a, a, a jazz project called Algorithms. And we'd just done our first gig to promote the upcoming album, which we were still working on. And it all stopped. That was hard. That was Let me really ask you that hard. question. Let me ask you that for a yeah. second. Was it believable when you heard the word we're going lockdown? Like, did you really believe what was coming in front of you? Like, or was it like, it's going to be momentarily like, we're going to get through this. Like we'll be back next month. We'll be running again. I, I, once I'd had a little bit of information about the disease and what it was doing and, and how devastating it was, I was quite prepared to, to be the good girl and toe the line, but I really did not expect it to be five months and then eight months and then a year. That is the thing that, that really quite freaked me out and then started to scare me. Um, I mean, I actually had uh, somebody very close to me that I'd worked with back in the 80s, really, really lovely, lovely guy, fit, just smiley, and he got it really bad and he was in a coma. So I took it really, really seriously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I took it, I took it seriously and, but still wasn't quite prepared for the fact that it went on and went on and people were dying and people were getting ill, even if they weren't dying, they were still just getting ill. Um, it was hard. It was scary. And I, and which is why I stayed home. I stayed home. I had the food came in and every so often I would t put my mask on and go out for a walk, you know, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Um, get away. Yeah, all that just because I, I, mean, I think it was, I felt quite selfish at, at certain points because I was thinking not just, oh, this disease will kill me, but also, also this disease might not kill me, but it might take my ability to sing away because that Ooh, yeah, is yeah. what it, is one of the, you know, repercussions of surviving it is that you have lung damage or you or you can't sing. And the idea of 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 a disease that that would strip me of my joy, because singing is my joy. That's like maiming um, you basically. That'd be like maiming you and it that would. it would. And and it would be one of those 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 injuries that nobody else could see. Um so oh, terrifying. Terrifying, is it? Yeah, it, I, I was, yes, a bit worried for a long time, but still, you know, when we got to the end of nine months and it wasn't, there didn't seem to be an improvement or that, that there were certain industries. I mean, actually, at, at that point, I guess in England, certain industries were starting to wake up, reawaken. But my industry... You know, music industry, entertainment industry, locked down completely and no no view on the horizon of of when we would get back to normal. We're still not back to normal, but at least things are opening up and we're starting. Which is, which is very confusing to me. You know, it's like the 
Delta variant is out of control somewhat, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Screaming mm-hmm. in the UK. But yet, the parliaments went on holiday, and they open up right when parliament has to go on holiday. So I was kind of like wondering a little bit about that. You know, I wanted to ask, <laughs> you know, I know you're very politically, you're like me, we've, we've had our political conversations over the years about our governments. We've talked about this, but we're going to oh. keep it clean. We're going to keep it clean. And others okay. don't, don't. They are numpty. I'm sorry, I'm going on record. Bunch of numpties. I, they, they, I told you everyone. Get, get I, I, their policies make no sense. They go forward, they go backwards. They say, stop. Up, they say, go. Down. They say, let's have the football. They say, oh, we're going to open up. The- um, you can't go to a gig, but you can go to the football. Yeah, well, that everybody was saying the same thing. You know, How does that work? But you can't do a concert, huh? How's that work? Fifty thousand people at the FIFA screaming, going nuts. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I have been working in Europe where they have got it sorted, and also testing. Testing in Europe, if you want to get a, a, an antigen test, you walk into a chemist in France, you go, I need an antigen test. They test you, you say, how much? They say, and you leave, nothing. Here, you want an antigen test, it's going to cost you huge amount of shekels. So who, who do you think is testing more, Europe or here? And we're in trouble. England is in trouble. We need to make testing easy and and vaccinations easy. We're finally making it easy for for young people to get the vaccination because they're having walk-in clinics rather than um, having to make an appointment online. I mean, I, I've never found making an appointment online tricky, but young people they would much prefer go. Oh, I, see, I don't understand young people. I, I noticed that here too. They're so savvy with their smartphones. But you have to do something as simplistic as, as making a... They don't want to make appointment. They don't want to make appointment. So, okay, bang their heads together if you if you like. But while you're banging your heads together, at least make it easier for them to get a test. So they've, they've got pop-up clinics are happening in England now. Yay. Places where, where young persons gather who go, oh, I could get it now. Because it's all immediate. It's, the, it's like the... the instant gratification um, generation. They, they see it, they do it, they want it, they're done. They don't want to have to make a plan because if they, even if they do make a plan, if something more interesting happens, they're going to go do that because they're young and that's what you do when you're young. You get right. your, yeah. So if you see a clinic and you can walk in and get it and get your results, then that's now, what they'll do. Let's now make let me easy. say this to you. I've seen a lot of anti-vaxxers saying, you know, F the, F the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. And mm. lately, and lately, because of this variant going on, I'm also seeing a lot of people posting those same people are not making it and they're passing. It's tough. It's a tough call. So I'm wondering how, which, which would you rather do? Get the jab and live or not get the jab and chance not making it? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, well, um, <clears throat> as I'm seeing, no, but I'm no, I'm not. I'm just from what people, yeah, out there, listen to me carefully. This is not my words. This is what I'm seeing. People yeah. writing things saying this guy was on all those. What do you call it? Um, 
People were, were anti-vaccine, you yeah. know, Washington and London screaming, mm-hmm. all this going on. And, and most, a lot of them are dead now. And that's what's scary. Yeah. But, but also while they were out there, non-masked screaming and shouting, they were gathered together doing the thing that people say, probably not a good idea to do without a mask on. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a belt and braces kind of girl. You know, I am, I will, and then keep you at a distance. But that's me. I'm, I can't speak for other people, but I really, it scares me that so many people seem so vehemently opposed to something with what seems to be not enough proof. Fair enough. Um, and so I, I'm double vaxxed. I'm an old lady, so I'm double vaxxed. <laughs> I've had no repercussions from it. In fact, I don't tell the world, but I had no no side effects from the from the jab. I didn't the, the arm didn't hurt. I didn't feel fluey, nothing. No repercussions at all. Good. Um and so now I'm I'm feeling more able to go out into the world, more able to get on a plane and go and do my job. I want to be able to do my job. And you're I want an ambassador. to be You're an ambassador in the UK. You need to do your job. You need to spread that love. And and it's true. Yeah, we need we so need the world needs as much love as it can get get right now. Um and if I can help to do that, if my me and my band and, and me and a few uh music makers can do that, then let's get to it. So be it. Now, you heard that. Let's get to it now. First question out of the box. We're gonna make it so easy and then she'll take it from there. Of course, everybody knows. How does music or did you find the music as a young, young girl? Uh, uh, that's easy. That's my family are musical. Um, my mum sang and she played the piano. My brother, my older brother, sings, he plays the piano, he plays the guitar. Uh, my dad, um, um, we, my mum and dad split up when I was a kid, so we did. I didn't really have much influence from him, but he sang and he played the guitar. These these memories I have of him. So the house was filled with live music. Um, yes, the radio was on. Um, yes, we had eventually when I was about. I don't know. I think we only got a record player when I was between eight and ten something like that so we didn't have, had no money um so we didn't have one when i was a, a young child but we all there was always music either being made or being played um and it was just a natural thing uh to be singing along with someone i mean that that is my favorite thing i think that's why i like working in a band i love singing with people in the selection of the times, can you date like what was what was playing around you musically, like uh, songs and stuff that you can say? I can remember the very first single that my brother and I bought. Okay. Um, because <laughs> why, why, why would I not? We saved out our pennies and our pocket money to buy ABC <laughs> by the Jackson Five. Like Jackson First thing we, we went. I really want to, we want to buy them. And so my mother and uh, took her two children to the record store and we bought seven inch proper, proper vinyl. Remember that. Um, So Jackson, (laughs) I guess. And there would have been 
CV and uh, that's that. And that's just kind of what that we were listening to. My mum would listen to um, light jazz. She would listen to Akabilk, who is this kind of he played. I think he played the clarinet on the radio, Radio Two. Uh, she would lis- listen to James Last and his orchestra. We were kind of smooth, easy jazz, and then church music. Um, so she didn't want nothing too raucous, nothing too um, uh, loud. I mean, there's the, all the, the usual things of the day, the Beatles, the Stones. The, uh, my brother was really into prog rock, if I remember rightly. And I just listen, I often li- just listen to what my brother listened to. So we had Pink Floyd in the house. We had Iron Maiden in the house. Okay. We had, and then there was things like uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. I really tuned into because of the harmonies when I was young. But apart from that, you know, just uh, uh, the Temptations and uh, oh, Gladys Knight. And yeah, so a bit of everything was in the house, really. So, so I, I get it. It's like rock, soul. I didn't hear James Brown. We're getting close to it. You got, you got. Did we? I don't think I encountered James Brown until I was a little bit older. No, no. So James Brown came when I not in from in the house, but as soon as I started going out and listening or working with other people, singing with other people, mm-hmm. then you get people kind of bringing you on James Brown um, and uh, everything from Mahalia Jackson I encountered then, and that's where my love of jazz probably went. I can probably date that. It's probably 80, 80. Two eighty three. I started okay. listening to Mahalia Jackson um, and uh, uh, ooh, uh, Muddy Waters, and uh, so so kind of my, more blues. Um, yeah, th- but that was because I was well. One, I started dating um, a jazz musician, um, and. I was also singing in an African high life band. Don't ask me how those two kind of come together, but they do. So I, I, I listened to African high life and uh, Billy Holiday and uh, uh, David Sanborn and uh, <laughs> Coltrane. My, 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 I never kind of ever got, tramlined into one kind of music because right. I was working with people that wanted me to sing on their stuff and would say, this is our influence, and then I would sing with them, whether that be doing sessions, whether that be doing um, gigs. Whether I was in a, 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 in a Latin band for a long time, although we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, but we never actually did a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Basement rehearsal jobbies, and there was always going to be a gig. Yeah, and I learned to play play, um, all kinds of percussion. I learned to play um, uh, the shaker and the guiro. 
Um, okay. But we never actually did a gig. <laughs> yeah, gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and the quicker and the and the clave. Did you hit the clave? Clink, clink. Oh, yeah. I did. I, oh, yes. My goodness. I can remember days. I can remember doing playing the clave, getting a bit excited. Oh gosh, and that's right. I used to sing in um, Portuguese. Yeah. Oh. Um, and getting excited and smashing my thumb with the clave. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to hold it so. You got to hold it so. And a yeah, um, yes. And then they made me sing in Portuguese. Tem nada não, você tem razão. Fizi convulsão, não você viverão. Não vou procurar nem telefona. Oh, yeah. That's all I can remember. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> We didn't even ask her. I like memories coming from memories of corners of our life. So, so back to yeah. Sorry, formally trained. So let's take it back. So I know your brother's playing piano, guitar, the whole deal. So are you formally trained? What's the story before the chops begin to show promising things? I did not have any vocal training at all. What I did have was dance training. I went to a dance school. Um, so I went to normal normal kind of secondary school. And then when I left there, I went to a dance school. Didn't sing at all, really. Um, I don't even think we had vocal classes of any kind. It was just pure dance. But me being me was singing all the time. Between classes, in classes, if they played, if they played um, you know, a show, a show tune that I knew during class, I would sing along. So everybody knew I could sing. Um, and then when I had a friend called Darshan Singbulla, who was, I think he was in the year above me. He, once he, he graduated and he joined uh, the company, the London Contemporary Dance Theatre, he created a piece that he needed a singer for because it was going to be live. It was a workshop. Um, so not a full, full blown performance, but he needed a singer who could cover a Stevie Wonder song. And I think it might've been a Ricky Lee Jones song. So the two, there were two songs were in, in the same piece and he needed somebody who could do both. And maybe he didn't know any other singers. I don't know. <laughs> so he asked me if I would do it. Um, and I said, yes. Um, and that was the first time I'd actually got paid to sing. So what do you mean you I'd, got paid to I'd sing? left school. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you got paid to sing? Paid to sing. Yeah, it's As the first time I got paid. To, you know, all the bands that I was in before, <laughs> you, you you might go to go and do some dodgy pub up in the north of London. I never got paid for that. That was love. If we did any, you know, demos or anything, there was no money involved. It was just oh money and love. This is love, baby. This is yeah. all about love right now. You want to make music, so you want. Mm. So anyway, so there you are. You so I I sang for uh, London Contemporary Dance Theatre, and because it's a major company, they had money, so they paid me. I was like, oh. so now I'm a I'm a trained dancer who's just been paid to sing, so I can, in theory. But tell me, but what kind of dancing are we talking? We're talking contemporary dance. We're talking jazz, classical, 
Martha Graham technique uh, was what the company was most known for. Um, so, you know, arty stuff with the legs up in the air and yes, contemporary ballet. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I did that and then I, and then I joined a, a dance company and was doing both for a while. And then I got myself into a musical because now I'm a professional singer and dancer. So I got myself into a musical. So I'm actually, I'm learning my craft <laughs> as I go along. So you know, I'm a dancer faking hang it. On, hang on, hang on. Singing. Wait, wait, wait. Um, wait, wait, but wait. Always, I mean, I was, I was the youngest child of a family that sang. So I had always just assumed that you, you could, that you did. And that if two other people were singing, you just had to sing louder. So I had a really strong instrument with, with not too much control. It was just loud. Um, and then as you, if you get employed and then people, and you, 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 I'm a sponge. I was a sponge. I would look at somebody. I would see what they were doing. I'd go, now that's a nice sound. How do I do it? And either I would just ask them directly, cool, how do you do that? And then they would tell you, or they wouldn't tell you if they were being a bitch. Um, um, and so you, you. They saw you, you as a. Technique. They didn't Again, I, I, I just, I was like a leech. I'd see something. You're going to show me. You're going to show me how to do it, right? You're I'm going to. Yeah. I, and if you don't show me, I'm just going to hawk on you until I figured out what it is you're doing. Uh, you know, just even terms of uh, of what things were called, like singing in a head voice. I don't know. Um, singing in a head voice, using your chest voice, um, using your diaphragm, knowing how to breathe. My mum my, my was, was pretty good. I mean, she did. She made me when I was younger she made me very aware of listening to myself don't miss the rest of this wonderful interview search for part two on the internet and listen to the rest of the story